0: You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on Public Radio, KUNV 91.5.
1: Good morning and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, and thank you for joining me here on The Scoop. I'm Tanya Flanagan, and I'm delighted that you've gotten up this morning and decided to share some time with me so excited that you're here today. We have a wonderful show. We're talking about rejection, not from the point of pain and despair, but from the point of triumph and overcoming. I have two wonderful guests who've also gotten up this morning right and early on this beautiful Sunday to join me for the conversation. I'd like to welcome first Pastor Donald McCoy, who is the senior pastor of Abundant Heart Community Church. Thank you for joining me.
2: Good morning, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here with He's
1: you. also a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So we the that commonality as I'm a member of Alpha, Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated so delighted to have the first family here in the studio this morning. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm
2: wonderful. No complaints. Just ready to go. It's a beautiful Sunday morning and blessed to be above ground.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, my second guest joining us this morning for this delightful conversation—it's going to be powerful—is Dr. Sheldon Jacobs. Dr. Sheldon Jacobs is the is a doctor of psychology in marriage family therapy, a mental health consultant. He is the. Uh, president and Operator of Sheldon A. Jacobs Counseling Services and is an adjunct faculty here at the University of Nevada Las Vegas School of Medicine. Dr. Jacobs, good morning and thank you for joining us.
0: Yes, thank you for having me. Good morning. Um, and one thing I want, want to add is uh, just congratulations on having this this space.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm super excited. Um, I was talking with someone about the idea to um, have a radio talk show, to have a voice in the community, and to be able to look back over life's um, experiences, which become our testimonies. And I just feel that there are things, and we were talking about this a bit, there are things that happen to us that we should talk about, that we should share more, and we don't. And I think those conversations make us healthier and happier, and they allow us to encourage one another so as a person grows in sharing, the other person who's hearing also grows in learning and hearing. So I think that this is going to be, I hope that this is a wonderful platform for me and for the listening audience and that the community feels empowered and that we all um, grow in this walk together. So as I mentioned this morning, the subject is rejection. And it um, resonated with me after I went through um, a very difficult um space in my life with regard to career space and personal life choices and decisions and also through talking to friends who've gone through different things. And I had never thought about it, but there was a sermon that I was listening to by a um, pastor, Howard John Wesley, who was talking about our pride holding us hostage the rejection and the pride that we have, the desire to understand why we've been rejected, whether it's in a relationship someone didn't want you, a job you didn't get, an award you weren't selected for, the idea that I have all these wonderful criteria, I've done the work, I am this great person, but I didn't get it, why wasn't I chosen? And he began to talk about how pride holds us hostage. And I thought, wow, I never thought about it. It's like when your girlfriend calls you and she's just so hurt. And she wants to know why he did that. And the one thing you say to her, well, you're never going to know why he did it. Only he knows why he did it. And if he's not talking to you to explain it, let go of the why. But it's so hard. And it was like, whoa. And I began to think, this probably affects people in their mental health. Space too. So I wanted to talk about it and give a balance to it of the faith side of things, and then also um, the mental health side. So um, with that, that that was the inspiration for having the show. So Pastor, having brought that up, Pastor McCoy Don, um, from the perspective of pride, rejection, and pride holding us hostage. What you know, what are your initial thoughts on this? I
2: think that's a wonderful topic and I think pride does typically hold us hostage. And a lot of time is sometimes we think more of ourselves than we should. Um, humility is a beautiful thing to be humble and to be meek. Um and I think sometimes um, we tend to define ourselves by our accomplishments, and we forget that they're, they're just that, their accomplishment. They don't define who we are. They are a reflection of things we've done and who we are that comment on the type of person we, we are, but I think sometimes we lean too much into that and think this is what defines me as a person um, the things I achieve and i accomplish and the more we achieve the more accolades we get the more people like me the more people will love me um, and that to me that's somewhat of a deflection you don't have to deal with who you really are and I think we have to be comfortable with who we are and know who we are so then when we have failures they don't destroy us um, we uh, have to have somewhat a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, they have no fear of risk. They have no fear of failure. It is just me learning how to figure this thing out and do something. If this doesn't work, something else will work. Um, but I think we, when it comes to pride, um, sometimes we think more of ourselves than we should. Um, and sometimes we have the wrong perspective of who we really are. And sometimes we need to be humble.
1: Hmm. So what if and, and Dr. Jacobs jump in too in a moment, but and what if the 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 angle or the devil's advocate perspective is um, you're in that space because maybe you don't think enough of yourself.
2: So now we're talking about self-esteem
1: issues. So but are they not tied together? I mean, yeah, they are. I okay. mean,
2: they, they are. They are tied absolutely together. And a lot of that goes back to one of the first things I said, you have to know who you are. Um, know your self-worth. Your self-worth should not be defined by the things you do or the things you think others should allow you to do. You have to be comfortable in your own skin, know who you are and know that you have value and know what you bring to the table. Just because that old saying comes to mind. One man's one man's trash is another man's treasure. Beauty is an eye of the beholder. And I think the problem we have sometimes is, is that we want everybody to accept us. Um, that's not the case in life. Everybody's not going to love us. Everybody's not going to like us. I um, mean, that has to be OK. And you have to be okay in the space that you're in that this is who I am and if you're not being mean to people if you're a good person and you're living your life um, everybody's not going to approve of that everybody's not going to make room that you want them to make for you in the spaces that you want to be but that should not be a reflection of that you're not good enough And sometimes we want to internalize that if someone doesn't see the value in myself then it means I'm not good there's something that I'm missing Um, or if they choose someone else over me then I'm not good enough and I've had my own struggles with that um, through through life um, and dealing with failure and learning what it means and how to overcome that Um, and sometimes we have we are too worried about pleasing others sometimes. And that was my plot in life, uh, that when I was at the University of Alabama, going through running track for them, um, not doing all the things that I should have done, got a little off track. Um, But a lot of it was is that I was trying to live up to everyone's own expectations. I had never taken the time to decide on who I wanted to be what i wanted out of life i was too busy trying to make everybody else happy uh so much to the point that when my grades started to fall my father came to visit me he just showed up and called me and told me he was in town drove made the two two and a half three hour drive to tuscaloosa alabama t-town to come talk to his son and he just asked me what was wrong um as we talked and the result of that was is that for the summer when i came home Um, he made an appointment with me with a psychologist to sit and talk and have some therapy sessions with them for me to start to work on who I was and to learn to love who I was and that it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about me it matters how I see myself Uh, and I have to build myself and I have to love myself and I cannot wait for someone else to tell me that I'm good enough I have to know that I'm good enough and if I don't have a path forward, well, I can forge a different path or I can get smarter. I can get better and all of those things. And sometimes we, that's the reality of the situation. Um, and sometimes it takes someone else to point us in that right direction. And um, I think, As you have Dr. Jacobs online, I think that is a wonderful resource for people to have is to be able to go and talk to someone that is uh, that is a doctor in in mental health uh, in whatever field it might be, because it helped me tremendously. I've seen seen one twice in my life to deal with separate issues and one the other issue was the rejection of relationship and learning how to deal with that rejection and move forward. Um, But we tend to internalize so many things about who we are based on who's in my life. Um, I had, and, and I'm a firm believer in the birds of a feather flock together. I can tell you some things about you just by the people you surround yourself with. But sometimes we put too much stock on who people are and what they're doing in life to give us credibility. Um, and we have to learn to develop that ourselves for who we are.
1: I think what's powerful and I want to bring Dr. Jacobs into the conversation at this point, because what you said really was powerful. And I didn't expect you to say it, that your dad came and he, when you came home, he made an appointment for you to mm-hmm. speak with the therapist. And, um, as we live in the time we're in with all the things that the pressures, uh, all kinds of pressures, just work pressures, family pressures, but the now becoming more commonality, if you will, to be okay to say, I need some help. Dr. Jacobs, Join us in talking about this because that's that's huge, especially a lot of times among African-American families and in African-American communities. It's Having a conversation about mental health and mental instability is very taboo. And I didn't necessarily agree with the pastor's choice of words that it be uh, it being pride. But it doesn't matter what it's called. The reality is that that feeling does hold you in a place and From that point, you have bitterness and you have an inability to move forward because every time you take two steps forward, something pulls you back because you haven't released the thing that's hurting you. So, um, Dr. Dickers, what are some of the things that you see maybe in spaces when you're dealing with cases that might um, be based on? Relationship problems are a huge, probably one of the most common place spaces where people feel rejected and they struggle to overcome and to get better, especially when they think, "Oh, but that was the soulmate love of my life, and it didn't work out. And why?" You know. So, what what do you say to people, or how do you um, how do you address and help your clients?
0: No, absolutely, and I appreciate the question. Um, so, first off, I mean, I think it. It starts from within. I mean, I, you know I'm someone who has experienced my own fair share of rejection um, per- personally and professionally, and um I think for me, you know, over time, you know learning how to work through that, I think was has been key, uh, but it's but it's hard. It, you know it's something that's not easy, uh, especially when you're experiencing like, rejection at a young age, uh, whether it be with a relationship or with a job or we're not getting a promotion, right? I mean, these are things that 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 hurt, and so obviously, what's key is how we how we deal with that, or the aftermath of that. And so, I, I tell a lot of my clients um, who are dealing with uh, issues related to rejection uh, to first give yourself permission to you know to, to to feel what you're feeling and to experience what you're experiencing. I think that's very important too, because what happens a lot of times is when we are Experiencing uh, some disappointment, rejection, trauma, whatever the case may be, uh, a lot of times you know we don't we don't we don't tend to, to sit with it and and to to learn how to you know first off what's going on with me what, you know, why am I feeling this way what you know why am I um, you know thinking these thoughts or why am I feeling these these type of feelings uh, we tend to go from you know point A to B very quickly because we want to, you know, we, that's our way of handling the pain and the, and the hurt. So I think first of all, give, giving you know, yourself permission to feel what you're feeling, um, you know, it, it's a very real, real thing, uh, you know, to, to, to experience various levels, various degrees of disappointment and rejection. Uh, the second part to that is, and, uh, and Pastor you know, alluded to this earlier regarding therapy, I think every person should have a therapist. Every person should um, have, you know, a, a therapist on hand just in case there is uh, a setback or a crisis, or just for maintenance. It's kind of like how we do with a car. Uh, you know, we, we get our car serviced uh, um, every few months um, so that that car can run at an optimal level, and our mental health is the same way. Um, you know, we have to from time to time we need that maintenance um, because without it, you know, we're not going to function um, the way that we need to mental health is not going to be at a level that it needs to be at. So I think it's very important that every everybody has has a therapist. I even have a therapist that I, that I see from time to time. Uh, so that's thats first and foremost. And for men especially, uh, men, this is this is an area uh, that I've been really trying to um, um, spread more awareness into in terms of just importance of men being connected to a therapist our women are doing a better job with that um, but there's still so much stigma when it comes to therapy when it comes to mental health um, but like but like f- for us men you know we you know we a lot of times we, we'll go to, we'll go see her, see a barber with no problem right we'll go to the barbershop. Uh, we'll make sure that you know, we're looking we're looking good on the outside so the external focus but we're not but we're not investing it internally and so I think it's, it's very important that you know that we that we do that. Uh, but for the most part you know, a lot of a lot of clients that I work with, uh, families that I work with, you know, one of the key things I'll probably say, Tanya, that the, the one issue that I probably see that that comes up the most is is rejection. I didn't really think about it until just, you know, coming on coming on this morning's show and um, that's probably the the one commonality that I you think know, I think a lot of us you know, experience on very of various levels. Um, and so really trying to work through that is key and and, and understanding that you know what this is a growth moment. Like this is an opportunity for me to to grow from this, this setback or this situation. Um, I think when you when you are able to um, to to, uh, to look at it that way, look at it in a positive way, or spin it in a positive way, or reframe it so that it's not a whole lot of negative uh, connotations attached to it. I think that that's you know a key for when it comes to healing and and truly moving forward.
1: I, I 100% agree with you and, and echo that because one of the pieces that um, I looked at it is to brush off the bitterness and learn to take the loss where I like two huge principles and um, passion you talked about this you know many times uh, if we hold on to the thing that hurts and I think sometimes people you don't maybe mean to but something that hurts you you replay the pain and the more you replay the pain the more you are stuck in this space and you don't go forward the more you find yourself questioning Um, Your value your worth um, Why someone didn't love you and you're right. It's usually the rejection of a relationship I find that takes people to the lowest point, you know You don't get a job it bothers you But you move forward and you get over it because maybe you have a job or your instinct is just to survive So you seek out something else, but when the heart is involved you feel like that absolutely has to be the place. This is supposed to work. It's supposed to make sense. And then when it doesn't, it can be um, when there's really um, a strong attachment to the person that you fell in love with, or whatever the regard, you know, level of regard was. Um, it's very painful, and not getting over it is being bitter. And then um, what was said was you can tell how someone is bitter if something happened to them or a breakup occurred and two years later when you see them and you bring up the conversation, you're talking to them they bring up this thing that they went through. So like they're holding on to this bitterness and they haven't been able to let go of it. And it was from a faith-based perspective, if you believe that for those who believe God is the head of their life Mm -hmm. and he's In control of all things. Where's the consideration that maybe that relationship didn't work out because it wasn't supposed to work out?
2: Sometimes. Well, sometimes that's true. And I think we have, um, I believe in personal accountability. I believe in God wholeheartedly and I believe that God will God said, "Uh, if you delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. He says, trust me, commit your ways to me. Um, But God doesn't take away our choice and our ability to think God will. So I tell folks when I tell them, I say relationship is like a traffic light. Um, As long as the light is green, we're moving full. And this was anything in life, anything that is we're dealing with there's a traffic light and as long as it's green we're flying boom but what happens then when we're dealing with people relationships even on the job um, opportunities um, things that we know that may not be good but as long as that light is green we ignore the moment it goes caution slow down that i need to take notice of what's going on with me i need to take notice of what's going on around me at the job the situation the circumstances It'll go yellow, but we tend to, because we're sometimes blinded by our end goal, blinded by too much what we want or what we're feeling, uh, we have to start to acknowledge our feelings in every situation. Um, We have to start to own them. Um, We have to hold ourselves accountable and bring in some logic and think through some things and say, okay, the light went yellow for some reason here. Is this a deal breaker? Is this something that can be repairable? Let's address the issue. And a lot of times what we fail to do is address the issues even in our own life or ourselves and the things we're going through. And we don't deal with it um, until there's a crisis. That means the red, the red, the light has gone red, and then its question is, how did I get here? Um, now the Bible says all things works for the good of those who love the Lord and call according to purpose, um, but we also have to acknowledge there are some choices and decisions we make that we put our own selves in situations when we have the ability to make different choices. Um, but it comes back to sometimes we just want what we want, regardless of the yellow lights. Of all the signs that says we don't, we shouldn't be here, we shouldn't do these things, but because it feels good, because I like this, we ignore all the things that say
1: this is maybe bad this for me. isn't a good place for me. Yes. Maybe I should leave this where it is, or maybe I should be looking for a different job. Yes, or maybe my time has come, or maybe it's time to grow. But do you sometimes, um, um, and either one of you could jump in on this? Sometimes people in in a say a workspace or a professional development space. um, Fear. It's fear that makes people um, not pause or stop to Mm. realize this isn't working so you're on the job and things aren't going well and you see signs that things aren't going well but you continue forward and you apply for a job. You don't get the job but there may have been some signs along the way that it was time to get off this path and try a new path, time to learn something. And the only reason why you didn't veer was complacency or fear that fear of failure is really what that part may come into mm-hmm. um, being afraid to challenge yourself. And I guess one of the things I also want to touch on, and Dr. Jacobs, maybe you can before we get off the um, the call off the um through the conversation this morning, is talking about methods of coping. I don't know, for some people it may be meditation, for others it may be journaling, but some of the things you give people, I want to leave people with some tangible things that they can use um, to maybe help themselves in addition to encouraging them to maybe find a therapist to talk to. But I think sometimes people in certain spaces, different th- different emotions determine our action. I so. There's fear, there's, um, and we talked about self-esteem a little bit earlier in relationship space. You're just, you're right, a person, you're convinced that's the person for you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then sometimes it has nothing to do with the person. It has to do with the other individual. It's their journey. Like, it's a whole There's always moving parts outside of yourself that you have no control over. So, Dr. Jacobs, if a person comes to you and they're suffering through a rejection situation, a difficult circumstance, how do you counsel someone to be mindful of all the moving parts that they have no control over?
0: I think first is just really bringing it into awareness, uh, really getting them to sort of see, understand what is what is going on. I think that's key because a lot of times when people are in it, when they're in their stuff, sometimes it's really hard to understand or to see what's going truly going on. Uh, so first, off, just kind of slowing things down and and using it as a teaching moment. I mean, I think it's important to understand, and there's like the old adage, uh, you know, take a take a man fishing each for the day. Uh, teaching me how to fish, she eats for a lifetime. So I think there's a, there's a teaching element to it as well, which is which is very important. But one of the things that I, I think is is very important for for the listeners to understand is uh, coping tools. You know, how, you know, being able to cope with situations and things that don't go the way we want them to go. Um, and so coping skills are are critical when it comes to helping us to to get out of these 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 spaces or these ruts that we might be in as a result of re- rejection or disappointment. And so, uh, so one of the things I, I always advise my clients is, you know, to come up with several coping tools, um, that, um, you find you will find to be, you know, be effective for you. And when I say find to be effective, meaning things that, uh, maybe you're passionate about. So for instance, if you have an allergy to going to the gym, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't recommend going to the gym as a as a coping mechanism, but I might. I might you know recommend like going for a walk. Going for a walk, maybe twenty to thirty minutes a day in your neighborhood or in a, in a, in, a, in a in a place where um it, you know it, it's uh, you, can, you can you can enjoy the, what's around you and the scenery and it's quiet. And, um, but having at least several coping tools at your hand, I, I, I say you know coping tools, um, you know like like. Like using your toolbox, uh, digging into your toolbox, and getting those coping tools out of your toolbox where you never need 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 them, need them. Uh, because sometimes that that number one coping tool that you always go to may not be available, but the, the the second and third coping tool might be, and so it could be journaling, it could be you know putting those thoughts on paper. For some people, that's very very effective. For others, it's, it's not. So really finding that those, those two or three or four things that. Are effective for you. Um, it could also be you know, talking to a, a friend or somebody that you trust. It could be a you know, mission, a mission therapy. Uh, it could be reading. It could be meditation. I think meditation is is a, is a very useful coping tool, and meditation can look so many different. Uh, it could be so many different things. It could be prayer. It could be, uh, you know, yoga. It could be deep breathing. Um, but it's really just staying centered as centered as possible. And it's being connected to, you know, the thoughts and the feelings and the smells and everything that's going on in the present moment.
1: Well, I want to say thank you. Um, We are drawing near to um, the end of our time this morning. But I want to thank both of you for coming on to share in this conversation. And I think that we have had a really healthy digest about the subject of rejection from the perspective of being a winner and not feeling like you're losing. Um, I have gone through different experiences of rejection in my life as well and I've never actually sat with a therapist, maybe in some ways I have whether it was pastor or a good friend, you know, you, you create your therapist sometimes in life, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you make, an, you, you make an appointment and you find one with a um, doctor, but you find the person that helps you find peace and I do truly believe feel all of your emotions and take time to understand how those feelings affect you and be honest with yourself we often call it a prayer closet but it's wherever you can get into that quiet space and be truly honest with yourself so that you can face what you're feeling because if you can um, say it you can release it I think and if you can't say it then it means you're not yet ready you're not dealing with it really it's it's inside and um, as a cancer survivor, negative energy in your body is a very unhealthy thing, so absolutely release that. Um, I want to thank everyone who is up with us this morning uh, for the scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm very excited that I had Pastor Donald McCoy, Senior Pastor of Abundant Heart Community Church right here in Las Vegas, and Dr. Sheldon Jacobs. Um, family therapist, UNOV adjunct faculty, just a number of credentials. So if you're looking for someone to talk to, um, Dr. Jacobs, can they find you? Is there a number to yes. call?
0: Yes. Um, yeah, I'll put you my number and you can go to my website as well. My website is uh, com. All my contact information is on there.
1: Okay. And um, Pastor McCoy, if people want to come by Abundant Heart Community Church and hear a little bit more of, of the wisdom that God has bestowed upon you to bestow upon us. Where is Abundant Heart Community Church?
2: It's located off of 2535 West Cheyenne Avenue, Suite 100. Uh, Service starts at 10. Uh, On Sunday morning, we also have a Thursday night service that starts at 7. Uh, If you go to the website, abundant-heart.org, you can request a time to meet with me through that website, and then I'm more than happy to reach out, talk with you, and have a conversation as well.
1: Thank you. And um, Pastor and I have had some some good conversations over the years. I, again, want to say thank you to both of you for being my guests. And thank you to our listening audience for joining us this morning on KUNV 91.5, jazz and more. We hope you have enjoyed the conversation. I look forward to talking with you again next week, and I hope you will tune in.